chapter 23. Uh, someone read verse 15, please. My son, if your heart is wise, and my heart will be glad. Let me see if I can find it. Now, we would, what we're looking at is, uh, Solomon mentioned earlier, I think it was in chapter verse 17, he talked about uh, these are 30 wise sayings that I've given you. And we explained that these were... These 30 wise sayings were not specifically Proverbs of Solomon himself, but Proverbs that he had compiled of other wise people. And so from verses 20, chapter 22, right on through chapter 24, we have Proverbs of other people who were wise other than Solomon himself. So Solomon is actually recognizing other wise people, uh, and he's agreeing with the wisdom that they have imparted, and he is sharing that wisdom as a part of the wisdom that he has uh, presented already. And so, uh, what we have are uh, those, those 30 sayings are grouped into verses of 1, 2, 3, uh, and, and even more verses than that, as we'll see as we go along. And so, verse 15 tells us about the great joy that a father has whose son has a wise heart. And uh, we are probably all familiar with this. Uh, we hear uh, people talking about their children who are smart, who are wise, who are sensible, who make good decisions, who make wise choices. And that's what he's talking about here. There's great joy for the father whose son has a wise heart and who speaks the truth. There's nothing more aggravating and irritating for a parent than to have a child who's always telling lies because their reputation precedes them and the parents, it sort of rubs off on the parents because the parents get a bad, bad name because of the type of children that they have. And so the same kind of joy is experienced when a teacher, by a teacher, when students receive and share the wisdom uh, that, that, that is imparted by that teacher and shared with others so that other lives will be blessed. And uh, uh, John uh, mentions this in, in uh, 3 John, verse 4, when he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And that is a sentiment of God's heart. God is expressing that at all times. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And that it's for every single one of us. Whenever we walk in truth, it brings great joy to the heart of God. Just like the joy that is expressed in the heart of an earthly parent when their children do well, when they get a reputation for doing good and being good, great joy uh, to the heart of a parent. And so that's one of the 30 sayings. Now some of these 30 sayings are repeated because Solomon mentioned some of these already. So we'll see some of these that we've gone through already. But we want to go through the ones that he mentions here. So the next uh, saying in this 30 is uh, verse 17 and 18. And what he's talking about here is living in continuous fellowship with the Lord. And it's much, being, it's much better than envying the prosperity of the wicked. Well, notice what he says, don't envy sinners. And even Christians have a tendency to do that sometimes. 
they see a person being prosperous and well in their lives, and even though they know the person ain't saved, they don't know the Lord, they have a tendency to gravitate to to being envious of that person. He says, don't do that. That's a no-no for the child of God. Always continue to have reverence for the Lord. Always continue to respect the Lord, regardless of the situation that He has put you in, compared to what the other person may be in, that you are envious of. God knows what He's doing. Okay? He says, notice what He says in verse 18. You will be, you'll be rewarded for this. God is going to bless you because of your behavior of not envying the wicked person. Okay? God, in other words, what God has for you, you're going to get. In your time, in God's time, and in God's way. Not in your time and in your way. Okay? And so discouragement is all that is gained by being engaged with the wicked. Anybody who has ever gotten involved with wicked people can attest to that. They can tell you that they thought they were going to have excitement and joy, but all they got was discouragement. Now that's all that's gained uh, when engaged with the wicked. Delight is the kind of occupation that we have when we spend time with the Lord. So making communion with God is the aim of life. It should be the aim of our lives. And that is the lesson that, uh, that Solomon wants us to get here. This is also a reminder that the future holds a day of reckoning for the wicked. When we look at this verse, we can also we are also reminded that there's a reckoning day, or there's a day of judgment, like we call it, coming for the wicked. So don't envy them because of the successes that they have. Their day is coming. What do they, they say every dog has his day? Well, for the wicked, their day is coming. Their day of reckoning is coming. But for the righteous, there's a bright hope of reward and it's not going to be disappointing you know sometimes people promise us things and when we get it oh man that wasn't as good as I thought you know we went to, to um, Outback a couple of months ago when, when was it we went someone oh my family took me to stay to, to, to Outback for my birthday and my son got uh, got a meal and uh, my wife was talking about how good this meal was man it was really good and so we went back yesterday and boy, I was disappointed because oh. the meal wasn't as good as it was the first time. All right? Um, but this is what we, we experience in life. People make promises to us and we put everything on those promises. And when it happens to us, it's disappointing. Uh, but uh, the reward, the bright hope of reward that we're going to get from the Lord is not going to be disappointing even to the slightest degree. A glorious future in heaven that looks past death and resurrection is what we're going to get. Okay, so you're not going to get to heaven and uh, be have some expectations when you get this. Oh man, I thought it was going to be. No, you're never going to have that. Okay, God knows exactly what He's doing, and He knows how to bless the hearts of the children. Okay, so the next of the thirty-seven saints is in uh, verses nineteen through twenty-one. Okay, another good group of verses that we need to focus on, regardless of what others may do. And, and many times people have a tendency, uh, children have a tendency to follow the crowd. 
whatever is popular, whatever is the fad is. Well, adults do it too, uh, not just children. But regardless of what others may do, an obedient son should pay attention to the instruction. The instruction that he gets and also act wise by guarding his heart or guiding his heart in the right way. And the right way is always God's way. You know, you can come up with all kinds of plans. The Bible says man plans, but God determines the outcome. So make sure whatever plans that we make, as we've been looked at over and over, that they are plans that are determined by God's way. And that's what he's talking about here. Make sure that they act wisely by guiding their hearts in the right way, which is God's way. Now, we have two kinds of people that are mentioned here. Two kinds of people that are uh, that are to be avoided uh, that is mentioned in, the, in this verse. Those who drink too much, we call them what? Drunkards, right? Any person who drinks too much, we call them drunkards. So he says, avoid drunkards. And then those who eat too much, what do we call them? Gluttons. All right, so two types of people he mentions here. Okay, avoid the drunkards and avoid the gluttons. Okay? For anyone who wants a good life, these people make bad company. If you want to have a good life, these two types of people, they make bad company. They're not good company to have at all. Okay? Overindulgence always takes its toll. What did it say? Too much of anything is good for nothing? That's what he's saying here. That's, that's, what, that's the implication here. Both the drunkard and the glutton are headed for poverty. Both of them. They will be clothed in rags as a result of the stupor which results from excess. And we're going to get into the drunken part later on in the, in the passage because he gives a whole section on that. And uh, it's amazing how God so much, so graphically describes what what the experience of being drunk is, and, and people still do it. It's amazing. But we're going to look at that as we move on. Uh, the next group of verses uh, that we have is verses 22 to 25. Okay, so we have a, a good solid chunk of advice here that covers a whole lot of areas. First of all, a father's advice should always be welcome, not despised. Not looked at as man, you know, old foggy man. You just you've been here all these years. I just come here. I know better than you. Okay, which is the attitude a lot of young people have today. Okay, uh, so a father's white advice should be welcomed, and a mother should never be treated with disrespect. Is what he is saying here by their own children, especially by their own children. Now it's something that you 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 would get from other children because they don't know 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 the parent, but the children. Should never be disrespected. Uh, parents should never be disrespected by their own children. Uh, the years of experience older folks have behind them should be recognized by young people and recognize how much they could benefit from it uh, in their own experience and try to do so as much as possible. Okay, there's a whole lot of experience 
behind the lives of older folks that young people don't seem uh, to understand or recognize. And uh, it also can avoid them from making a lot of costly mistakes, dangerous mistakes. And so this is good, solid advice here uh, for young people in particular. Paying a, a great price for truth. He talks about truth in this passage when he says, get truth and don't sell it. Um, he talks about the great price of truth and how we should be willing uh, to get understanding. Uh, but selling it should be an unwilling consideration under any circumstances. Don't sell it, no matter what. No matter how much of a great price you're being offered. No matter how great a compromise is being offered. Don't sell it, is what he's saying. Such should also be the case for wisdom and instruction and understanding. No pains should be avoided to get them. In other words, whatever it takes to get them. Parents often talk about their children when they talk about this, what they've done to, to make them get what they have. They use the expression, child, child, I fall down and get it with you. Well, this is what he's saying about wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Don't be afraid to fall down and get up to get it. Okay? No pains should be spared. And they should never be given up for anything else that this world offers. And the world have a lot of enticements that we need to be cautious of. And uh, parents sometimes fall for them as well. Here, go ahead. <laughs> Especially teenagers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so spare no pains. No pains to get wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Uh, and that comes from God. It doesn't come from anybody else other than God. And it requires spending time with God in God's Word, seeking discernment from God and understanding. Current customs promote gifts of neckties and tools on Father's Day, like today, and chocolates or flowers on Mother's Day, right? But the greatest reward parents can ever be given is a child whose lives wisely, who lives wisely and sensibly. That's the best gift any child can give their parent to live sensibly and wisely. No amount of neckties or tools, no amount of chocolates or flowers can outdo that. Children who live wise and sensible lives. Hmm? And crabs. First name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't lose that respect. That's right. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
It makes you feel good, eh? It does. Yeah, it makes you feel good. You know? I can tell you that. I, I tell my four boys all the time. They ask me something. They say, Dad, anything I can do, I can get it. Just keep living a party night. That's what pleases me. Amen. I don't worry about you. That's right. When I go to my bed at night, Randy, I can honestly say I don't have to worry about anyone else. That's right. That's good. That's a good feeling. And you can't buy it. That's right. You can't buy that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that makes you feel good as a parent. Yeah. You know that you've brought up your children. In the right way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we said, you know, in our last uh, lessons, couple of, train them up in the way they should go. And they should not, they will not depart from it. Uh, and so the, the, the exhortation then is, is a constant reminder. Let your father and your mother be glad. And let her who bore you rejoice. And that's what Sister Pritchett is experiencing now. She's rejoicing from those that she has born, given birth to. And that should be the, the, the feeling of every single parent who have brought children into this world. Okay, we get another uh, group of verses before we stop. Because our time is going rapidly. Uh, verses 26 to 28. Okay, Sister Brenda, you want to read that in your version, please? Verses 26 to 28. Oh, my son, you need your heart. May your eyes take delight in falling my face. A person who is in dangerous ground, a woman is in dangerous, is in dangerous as falling into an hour. She hides and links like the water. It is the lady woman and painted. Okay, this is a solemn appeal. My son, give me a heart, is what God wants. And it introduces a, a serious warning about immorality, real serious, or wickedness, and drunkenness. Two wicked deeds that people indulge in that don't result in any kind of good whatsoever. The writer says, listen carefully to me, and pay attention to my advice to you. Okay, in other words, don't listen half-heartedly. Don't listen, you know, like you're not really intent on listening. Just pay attention to what I'm saying is what he says. A promiscuous woman is like a bottomless hidden hole in the ground. Okay, dangerous. And he says she forms a trap. She forms a trap for the happy-go-lucky fellow. Fellow is not thinking, nothing can happen to me. You know, I got it. I got it under control. He says, she's as dangerous as falling into a narrow well. Now, you know how dangerous that is, right? You fall into a narrow well, it's, it's not easy to get out. You're stuck. You're stuck. And there are many men like that today who are stuck. Easy to fall into, but hard to get out of. She, she hides, he says, and waits like a robber. Got a call from Sister Bernice yesterday. So somebody said some, she had a break-in in her house. And the reason why she's not here,